Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. On this episode, we're going to go over the Phillies and the Astros series, which is a rematch of the World Series. This time it went their way. Last time when it counted, it went our way. So here to talk about it, as always, my co-host, Third Coast Tom. Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Another series in the books. Uh, it wasn't the best of series, but it ended on a bright note, a positive note. Uh, just finished up the gauntlet. We're here to break it down for you. <laughs> I thought you weren't. I didn't know you were done. All right, so... <laughs> I always have this thought when when you lose a three game series two to one, it's always better to lose that last one. You could start out good winning that first one, but you lose the next two, and the happiness of the that first win is just buried. But now we lost the series, but but we leave the series. We start a new one against the Giants with to me feeling better and more confident. Absolutely. When you think about what they had to go through, uh, we spoke about the gauntlet, or at least I spoke about the gauntlet. A lot of people are really, you know, coming into this game, not really feeling it, I guess. Obviously, it's the Phillies. You you obviously know what happened the last time they saw each other. Two of three games were, were nationally televised. You want your team to show out during these nationally televised games. But hey, they did their work already. Uh, I've seen a little bit on both sides of the fence on Twitter. I'm like, hey, they did they did work in, against Toronto at home. They did work on the road against Atlanta. They did work on the road against Tampa Bay. To come home, I mean, even if they got swept, which obviously if if you're you're just tuning in, they didn't. Yeah. They were gonna leave out of that that gauntlet that we spoke about with a positive record. That's all you can ask for, waiting for Altuve to come back, waiting for Brantley to come back, waiting for McCullers to come back, and knowing that Jordan Alvarez did not play in, what, four of the last five games? What was the final record of the gauntlet? Ooh, I think it was eight and four. That's pretty 12 good. Twelve teams, eight and four. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Friday's game. For Amber Valdez started we lose three to one, but he pitched great. But Nola pitched better. Nola was pitching out of his mind. Let's go to the scoring. Schwarber started off with a solo home run. Bottom of the first, the Astros answer back with a Pena solo home run, his fifth home run of the year. 
And then no more scoring till the top of the fifth. Philly got an RBI double to make it two to one. Top of the seventh, Marsh had an RBI single three to one. And that was the final. The Astros got one run on three hits. Like I said, Nola pitched a great game. And the Phillies got three runs on eight hits. Framber, another seven-inning start. This guy's just amazing. Eight hits, three runs, zero walks, and three strikeouts. He gives up a home run. He's two and three. This is like an argument people have. Well, his win-loss record is this or that. Framber Valdez's win-loss record is two and three, and his ERA is 2.54. Yeah, not much more you could ask out of Framber Valdez. He really pitched a great game. Just a tough luck loss. I mean, the offense was clearly not at full strength, minus short on Alvarez, minus, you know, some of the some of the key pieces that we've been missing all season. And it's just you can only ask some of these younger guys to do so much. And in this case, it just wasn't enough. Credit to Jeremy Pena getting that homer. Again, real competitive game. You just tip your cap and move on to the next day. Nola, eight innings, three hits, and one run. No walks, six strikeouts. Great game. Abreu, one for three. Jolks, one for three. And Pena, one for four. You look at the bullpen, when Framber starts, just two innings. Abreu and Montero combined for two innings and no runs with four strikeouts. Saturday, Christian Javier. This game did not. This was like the worst game of the week, even though we did lose Friday. They took a two to two to zero lead in the fourth. Cody Clemens two run homer in the sixth. We're down four to four to zero. They scored two more runs in the eighth. We're down six to one. And then the bottom of the eighth, Jeremy Pena solo home run, his sixth home run of the year, and we lose six to one. Philly had six runs on twelve hits. Astros one run on six hits. So first two games we only scored two total runs. Offense isn't there at all. Javier, five and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, one walk, six strikeouts, gave up a homer. He's two and one. That was his first loss of the year, ERA, 348. Do you have any concerns about Javier? Is there anything you're you're noticing about him, or this is pretty up to par for him because he always has high pitch count? No, no, I, I didn't think he pitched terrible. Obviously, the scoreboard, you know, makes it looks worse than it really is. I thought they were in that game for most of the game. You know, he made a couple of mistakes that people hit out of the ballpark. It's really tough, you know. I Actually, I think the Clemens homer was after he had came out of the game, so he really only made the one mistake to Schwarber. Obviously, the pitch count got up there a little bit. Credit to the Phillies for making him work. Just, again, a, a lackluster offensive performance. Jordan comes back. He starts out two for two, but they just couldn't move him. He, had a, he hits a double in the middle of that game. They just could not advance them. I mean, when this offense struggles, it struggles mightily. Again, you kind of tip your cap. I, I mean, another good pitching performance from a great pitcher. Zach Wheeler is is considered one of their two aces. So it was kind of a, a I guess you could say it was kind of one of those good pitching, be good hitting. So, yeah. Uh, Mayton finally allowed a run. His ERA is 0-6-9 for some of you that like that. Magic Man gave up two runs. His ERA is 6.35. Blanco, no runs. Jordan, two for three. Abreu, one for four. There's been a lot of Abreu slander because he's not hitting home runs, but there's two games in a row he got a hit. Uh, Jolks, one for four. 
Uh, Jake one for four and Pena one for four driving in the only runs of the first two games. Uh, now let's go to today. Jose Arquiti. One of the guys I have the least amount of confidence in. Last time I said that, he did great. Today was actually a good game. Abreu grounded into a double play, and Pena scored from third. It was bad, but good at the same time. Real Mudo, home run, one-to-one. Bottom of the second, Martin Maldonado, an RBI double, brought in (laughs) Hensley, who doubled himself, I believe. Jake Myers, solo home run, bottom of the fourth. Second home run of the year. We're up three to one. Cody Clements, two home runs uh, yesterday, one yesterday, one today, three to two. Kyle Tucker, RBI single in the fifth. We're up four to two. Top of the eighth, there was a fielding error by Bregman that allowed Schwarber to score to make it four to three. The bullpen held it together. Decent outing by Arkady. Like I said earlier, a great, great day to to get a win and you know and avoid the sweep absolutely Arkady pitched a great game it's what you needed from a, a, a guy in your rotation to be that stopper to to pick up the other two horses who are normally the guys that shoulder the load so great performance by him great performance by guys like Pena who was involved in the offense the entire series uh, can't say enough about how much you know it benefits when the Astros catcher is hitting. Maldi was in an 0 for 27 slump, and then gets a couple knocks. They score an extra run. They win the game by one run. Sometimes it seems like it's not a big deal, but that one run was the difference in the game. So hitting needs to come from the bottom of the lineup. When it does, they win. When it doesn't, they tend to not. So when Hensley and Myers and Maldi are hitting. They're on the winning side of the ball game more often than not. Urquidy, five and a third inning, three hits allowed, and two runs allowed, which were both solo homers, I believe. Um, Naris, two-thirds of an inning, came in and finished the six. He had a walk and a strikeout. Montero, two hits and two strikeouts. Abreu, a walk and a strikeout. And then Presley comes in, gets a strikeout, Picks up save number three. We're a month into the season. Brian Presley has three saves. Overall, I thought it was a good game. Did you see the, uh, what is it? The the guy, A-Rod and some dude does a show on ESPN2? Yeah, it's it's uh, Michael K, who used to be, I think he still does Yankee, Yankee games. games. right? But yeah, he's the Yankee announcer. And then Alex Rodriguez, they have a, they have a, simulcast that they do on Sunday night baseball. So the game you can watch on ESPN, you can watch them kind of do kind of like a podcast type scenario on ESPN too, where they call it K rod and it's their, uh, I guess their breakdown while the game's going on live. Yeah. When I watched it, they had, they had Reggie Jackson on. I, I, I heard someone, someone tweeted about it and I was like, Oh yeah, I've, ne- I've never even saw that. And I never even saw like the Manning brothers do Monday night football. So I decided to check it out, but I don't know. I don't know if they usually have guests on, but Reggie Jackson was just talking the whole time and, you know, very little talk about the game. So I didn't watch it, but I guess it seems like a good idea, but maybe I'll give it another chance. But anyway, so we, we lose the series two to one. 
We went through the gauntlet. And I think in the last episode, you had mentioned, and I, I could have swore you said something about that they might struggle when we come back home. And uh, you were right. We got another series at home, though, right, against the Giants coming up. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about our players of the series, our survivor picks, and results from the last time. We are also going to do two fair fouls. I thought of two of them while I was waiting for my dinner. Anyway, we'll get to this stuff right after this message you're listening to Astros Baseball. All right, we're back. It is time to pick the players of the series. Now, when you pick the players of the series in a series that you lose two games to one, some players did good in the losses, some players did good in the wins, so you never know who we're going to pick for the winners. So let's start with pitcher. Who do you got? The pitcher for me, which I don't think it'll be the pitcher for you, it's Jose Urquidy. I had to go with the guy that got a win. I know the the Framber had a better game, but I feel like Urquidy needed to win for the team, and uh, he was he was trying to avoid the sweep. So credit to him. I'm sure the Phillies came into that game noticing, you know, hey, hey we can sweep these guys and 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 really have that feather in our cap. And Urquidy buckled down and got it done. Well, although Framber pitched seven innings, I agree with you. Jose Arquiti, um, he only gave up three hits in five and a third. He left the game injured. I believe the last thing I saw about it is that it's not like the same injury that he had before. He's probably going to be okay. I don't know if they're going to have to call someone up and and skip a start. I have no idea. Uh you know, if we were doing the podcast tomorrow, maybe we would have more information. But I agree with you, buddy. I actually wrote Framber. But then when we talked about today's game and I looked at his score, I, I changed my mind. So I think you got to give it to the guy that that pitched good in a game that we were trying to avoid being swept. So Jose Arquiti. Position player. I have Jeremy Pena. I do too. I really feel like Jeremy was was struggling at different points of the season and his offense is just starting to come. I, I feel like you're starting to get the power from, from the shortstop position again. Homer's in two of the three games. He's on base a lot. He's not striking out that much. I really, really appreciate what Jeremy Pena is doing at the plate right now because the rest of the offense has, has been so stagnant. So for him to be a source of power, to him be a source of, of guys on base – so critical right now. Jeremy Pena is my guy. Yeah, he got the home run in each of the first two games. It went one for four today. Uh, I know Maldi drove in one of the runs. Jake had a homer and Tuck had an RBI single. But overall, I think Jeremy Pena had the best series. All right, the Coach Rose Award. I don't know who I was talking to today. But I was, somebody was asking me about the podcast because – Someone at church is like, oh, well, he does a podcast. And I got all into the Coach Rose Award. I had to explain <laughs> to him what it was. So anyway, I love the Coach Rose Award. Who do you got? It's got to be Maldi, right? It's got to be. 1,000%. It's Martin Maldonado. Yeah. Did we go the clean sweep? <clears throat> yeah, we did. I, I mean, I, I really, really, really wanted to give the Coach Rose Award. 
away to someone else. <laughs> but when Maldi gets a hit and he's and he's 0 for 27, you got to give it to him, right? You just got to. I think you're giving him the coach roses a shot at him. But he's somebody that I think those those first two hits were his first two at bats, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, this guy's got a home run and a triple away from getting the cycle. But yeah, like <laughs> I mean, Jake Myers is someone you could give it to. Uh I don't know. There's I, I need to see more jolts here, but uh it is what it is. We had Riley Bannon out there today. Uh I thought about Abreu. The one thing that I think is so interesting about the the slander that Abreu gets is that for all the talk about how much Dubon, 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 Dubon was with all those, I think I think Abreu still like top three in hits for the team. Like while while it's not flashy, it's not at critical moments. He's still getting a knock, damn near every day. You know, like. So I know the homers are going to come. I know the power is going to come. And then when it does, this is going to be like, man, can you believe there was a time when people slandered this guy? But I think Maldi a little bit more. All right. Hit leaders for the Astros. Dubon, 29. Tucker, 28. Jose Abreu and Jeremy Pena tied for third with 27. Next is Bregman with 23. Alvarez with 22. And then after that's the guys that don't play every day, but you're right. He he doesn't get home runs. He has, I mean, he doesn't drive in too many runs, but he's getting hits. Maybe the power will come. I don't know, but you can't really slander a guy that's tied for third. He's tied with Jeremy Pena. So I guess people expect more power out of him. Anyway, let's get to this survivor pick. Do you have your survivor pick today? I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to tell me now because we're going to go with the results. I literally just p- pulled it up, but yes, I do. All right. So last episode, we had to pick Thursday's game, and I picked Otani and the Angels over the Oakland A's, who are the first team in Major League Baseball history with 23 or more losses in the first month of the year. And they defeated the A's, Otani and the Angels, 8-7. to seven. It was a close one. <laughs> you picked Minnesota over, I think it was Grinky. Yep. And the Kansas City, I almost, Royals. Said, I almost said Chiefs. Kansas City Royals, and they won 7-1. to one. And we're both now 4-1. and one. So, congrats. Well, thank you. All right. I do have my pick for tomorrow. Do you have – you just said you got it up. I I think we're going to pick the same team. No, I don't think so. I do. I don't think so. Do you want to go first, then? Yeah. Go ahead. My pick for tomorrow is your Houston Astros over the Giants. That is not who I'm picking. (laughs) I am taking the – Cleveland Gardos over the New York Yankees. Whoa. A little, little ballsy, a little, 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 you know. But we, we both got the Yankees, ballsy. The Yankees are incredibly bad right now. They're missing Aaron Judge. They're missing Stanton. I mean, the lineup just doesn't look good. So Herman has not been good. I think Quantrill can beat them. Now, 
I say that they're playing in Yankee Stadium and that gives them like a run. Uh, uh, they're up one zero before the ball's ever the first pitch is ever thrown. So, but that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. We got to pick these teams eventually. We do. So there's another game that we it was called the original Survivor was you pick you you have to pick a lo- it was called pick a loser, and you have to pick someone to lose every week and you can't pick the same team twice. But I don't think you've picked Cleveland, and I know I haven't picked the Astros yet. I, I'm keeping track of them. On the back page of my notebook. I'm so saving good the luck to you, for a for a rainy day. Well, I'm off tomorrow, and tomorrow is the two year anniversary of the day me and my wife met. And I know some people out there they date for two or three or four years, but not us. Congratulations! Thank you, buddy. And I took the day off of work, so and then Friday we didn't have parts. So they let us take, they let us have the day off to go to some flambeau parade or something. And I took it. So little four day weekend here. I love it. Can't beat it. All right. So Monday through Wednesday, we play the giants. We got Luis Garcia, Hunter Brown and Framber Valdez. I'm picking a series win here for the Astros. Ooh, you know what? Tomorrow might be, or not tomorrow, but the, if we had a survivor for tomorrow, Hunter Brown, That'd be a good pick. That may be my next, that may be my Astros pick right there. I don't know, when we, when I get to him. Well, there's nothing to say. We can't come back and do a, an episode tomorrow because I'm on day. I'm on night shift and I'm off tomorrow. So when, when, all right, I got a couple fair fouls for you. So I can't remember his name, but I tweeted at him and they, and they showed him on the video, but fair foul. Nice man. Yeah. And he had the 53 Jersey. Fair or foul, wearing costumes to the game. I think it's fair. I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna tell anybody. And it's not really if you would do it. It's like I, I I say fair too. I mean, I think it takes a lot of guts to do that, especially to watch an entire game with a space helmet on. That's crazy. But you have like, you know, you have like the Raiders. I think I was listening to the Bleacher Blums. And uh, David Tuttle took a flight from somewhere like to Oakland or something. And he said the plane was full of Raider fans and he had to sit next to a guy with shoulder pads on. And I mean, it, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with, it. I think actually, I think it's pretty cool. I'll be honest. I don't know that I would want to sit behind the guy with the, with the astronaut helmet on for fear that I might miss something if he rose up and then, I'm looking at the back of his helmet. That being said, I think it's great. I think it's awesome that you that you love the team that much that you're willing to support to that level. You know, because I mean that takes work, whether it be him doing the work on that helmet, him buying it, whatever, however you want to go about it. Like yeah. that whole thing does not come together very quickly. I think I think it takes some time and some effort. So I can appreciate it. But uh like I said, hopefully it doesn't ruin my game. <laughs> All right, we got another City Connect uniform unveiled, and it was the Seattle Mariners. Fair or foul? Did you see it? There, I think if you if you know the old Mariner jerseys, it, it is it does kind of, you know, it, it's more of a throwback than I think a City Connect, which I'm okay with. I think it's a hundred times better than what the Rangers decided they wanted to do. So I don't have any issues with it. It's not too 
loud. It's 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 kind of subtle. And it's not top five, but it's not bottom five either. The one thing about it is like I, I like it a lot. I say fair. I don't know. I don't know the deal with the black pants. I don't know why you have to add colors that shouldn't be there. But I, I have to do something here, Tom. I watched the end of the Texas Rangers game the other day, and they had the City Connect jerseys on. They're not that bad. <laughs> seeing the guys in pictures and just I, seeing them in live in action, they're, they're really not that bad. Well, we, we're going to agree to disagree on this one because I think they are hideous on pictures. I think they're hideous on a broadcast. I think they're hideous any way you can get them. But, like, they're still foul as far as, like, make it, make your uh, uniform. Let I, We should know <laughs> who that team is. That's my point. <laughs> All right. So, Steve at Bald Eagle 33, super 333, fan. super fan. He gave, he actually answered my tweet about who the player of the series is. He said Urquidy as well. Player of the series, Alvarez. I don't know about that, but and the coach Rose Maldonado didn't expect two hits in an RBI today. So Steve, pretty good job. Yeah, I understand the the Alvarez call. I mean, the guy goes hurt for four games, shows up, goes two for two right off the bat. I mean, he hits all the time. He hit today. Guy's always on base. You could give it to him if you wanted to all the time. I just think that. You know, especially on on our end, feel like Jeremy Pena contributed a little bit more, played all three games. You know, just did a lot. All right, I actually do have three of them. Let's do it. But it's off to the side. I saw a story, and it was the best breweries near the stadiums. Like when it's like telling guys that like to go drink beer at breweries, if you go to this stadium, this is where you should go. So fair or foul, you agree with this for Houston. The eighth Wonder of the World Brewery. That's what they put as the best. I mean, I'm not going to say it's foul. It's not my choice. You ever but I'm been not going to say uh, I've not. Um, I think it's I'm just car- called Eighth Wonder, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm a Carbot guy. I've had Eighth Wonder. It's good. I've just never been there, so I can't really speak to it. But, um, I mean, I think all the microbreweries, I love how they have their own little flair. I love how they have their own takes on different beers. They do just a little something different. You never feel like you get the same thing at a, at a, at a brewery, you know, especially around the city of Houston. I think we're, we're pretty, I, don't, I, I guess I'm biased, but I feel like, you know, Houston does it pretty well with all the microbrewery stuff. I mean, we've got like four or five really good ones. So here in San Antonio, you may know about this. But there's a bridge that I believe is the most, I can't think of how to word it, but a place where the most pictures are taken, like people go to take pictures in a certain location. Do you know where it is in Houston? Mm-mm. I guess I guess it's that uh, B. The Water Wall. Bridge. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I read. That's that's where they, that's the, the destination to go take your picture like graduation, wedding photos, whatever is the one is the water wall. But there's a bridge here and I can't think of the name of it. So the few people <laughs> that listen to this podcast that live in San Antonio, 
like me and my wife have some nice pictures together there. But anyway, we're on the bridge and I look down and I see all these uh, cornhole boards and picnic tables and I see some uh, turf. I'm like, whoa, what is that down there? Alamo Beer Company? So we go after that, we go downstairs and we go to it. Super cool. I understand why people enjoy those. I mean, sit there and play. They they had a whole bunch of games. And you can check the game out, play it at your table, Jenga, checkers, whatever. Yeah, I think it's like a, a different, you know, back in the day, you had like shows like Cheers where you had that bar that everybody goes to. I think now this is that sort of like fast forward, right? Everybody's got their own particular microbrewery that they go to that they represent, you know, really hype up those beers. And then you go try them because their IPA is a little stronger, is a little more citrusy, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's just cool. It's a different thing to to get into. I know for me, for a while, I was doing a lot of traveling for work. And every time I ran up into, an, into a different city, it was like, let me go try a biker room, line up a flight test all the beers and you know let everybody know hey if you're ever in you know arizona check this out if you're ever in you know tempe or mesa whatever so i like it when we went to rhode island the hotel we stayed at was part of the so anyway let me tell you this let me paint a better picture so it's a hotel and next to it is a group of apartments or townhomes or whatever but the whole thing is on the river and you can see the pipes, you know, from factories, but it was the fruit of the loom factory. And so the hotel, the place that is the hotel was the offices. And then next to it, they made apartments and stuff out of. And in those apartments, in the end, they had a brewery and we went in there and it was awesome. They had a big giant pretzel, the size of the, of the tray and the, the beer was pretty good. So I, I enjoy them too. I love a great draft beer. Well, sounds like next time you're in town, we need to uh, hit one up and uh, bring it to the show and be like, Hey, we tried X, Y, and Z. We like this. We didn't like that. This could have been better. So on and so forth. Yeah. We still need to get uh, to work on that meet and greet. And uh, I was thinking maybe we can find somewhere to go in Sugarland. And we can do like a meet and greet and then go catch a game at the same time. You know, kill two birds with one stone. Sounds like a plan. All right. Do you have any final thoughts? I do. I do. I, I'm really excited about the fact that we are, I think, right on the cusp of getting some some reinforcements on the way. If for some reason I think uh, Jose Arquiti is going to be out for an extended period of time, I'm interested to see what the Astros do. Maybe bring Forrest Whitley up. He's pitched really well so far in Sugarland, and uh, obviously, as long as he's healthy, I think that's a that's a great option to have. I think Uncle Mike, he's been hitting for Sugarland. I feel like he's probably maybe a week away, and then you just start to see more and more and more. Altuve seems like he's like just chomping at the bit. Every time <laughs> you see this guy, he's dressed, he's ready to go, he's in the clubhouse, he's on the road. He has been with the team every step of the way. I think you're you're going to see him sooner rather than later. Lance is throwing. He threw off the side of the mound. I feel like Lance is somebody that we could see in maybe a month. 
And then now that we've kind of like gotten through a, a rough patch of the schedule, some of these teams that are probably not as talented, the Astros are going to be able to make some hay against and maybe build on a lead or, or get back to the top of the division and then build on a lead. All right. So after the San Francisco series, folks, we are off again Thursday. That feels like it's three or four Thursdays off in a row. And then we head to Seattle. So I have one more additional fair foul that I just thought of because I saw a post from the Seattle Mariners advertising the fact that the Astros were coming or to Seattle. I'm I'm talking for them. And it said a rivalry renewed. Fair foul, Seattle and the Astros is a rivalry. That's foul. We're it's 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 a rivalry for them, but not for us. I think in order for there to, there to be a rivalry, I think there has to be winning on both sides. And Seattle hasn't won a whole lot against the Astros lately. And the last postseason, you know, matchup didn't really go Seattle's way. So I can't see the rivalry on our end. For them, I'm sure we're a bitter rival. I'm sure we're the bad guys. They look up at us and go, we want to beat them all the time. I just don't see it. I think it's a rivalry. We're in the same division, fighting for division. They're they're kind of like the little brother that keeps getting bigger and bigger and catching up to our size. But like something to compare that to is Oklahoma State is one of our biggest rivals ever. And we beat them. This is talking about Oklahoma, folks. We beat them probably like 19 out of 20 times. And it's still a huge rivalry. It's huge. And I guess it's because we're in the same state. But And know. that's why I would think the, the Rangers are more that rival than Seattle ever thought about being. For you, that's like saying, in my mind, if we're going to use Oklahoma, which I wouldn't, but in my mind, it's like saying Kansas, you know, Kansas football stinks. Now their basketball team's good, but their football team stinks. Now I'm sure they see y'all as a rival. I sincerely doubt y'all look at Kansas. So, going, That's a rival. so to be a rival, according to you, you, according to both of us, combined knowledge, you should be in close vicinity like we have a rival when I was growing up in the town next to us. That was our rival. Whether they beat us every year or we beat them every year, it was a rivalry because of location. Sometimes it's division. Sometimes it's like us and the Yankees that we just keep battling at the end. I know we had a rivalry when we're in the National League with the Cubs and the Cardinals. So I don't know. Maybe it's not a rivalry yet. I think it could be one. But right now, currently, not so much. And I, and I think even if you look at the Yankees thing, I kind of look at the Yankees as not a rival for us either, but more us a rival to them right now because of the success we've had against them. Yeah. The, the, I, I remember someone was talking to John Boy, Mr. Yankee uh, podcaster guy, whatever, and someone asked him something about the, the Astros rivalry, and he's like, oh, they're not our rivals. <laughs> well, we're not your rivals, but you sure do talk about us all the time, and you sure do, you sure do worry about beating us. So they I make know. Astros merchandise. What oh doesn't God. say a rivalry more than making merchandise for the other team? I wonder how much 
I wonder if people's actually bought that stuff. I don't know. I'd love to know, but they may, I, I, they recently came out with a Jordan Alvarez shirt and I was just blown away. I was like, no one's buying that from you. I bro. see them advertised. I mean, maybe it's people that it could be people that just like baseball and they just, they have no idea that what, what happened, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't care how nice your shirts are, John boy, you're not getting my money. I can promise you, you'll never catch and I use Apollo because they're they're really what's hot in the street in Houston. You'll never catch them, even though I'm I'm a Ram guy, Ram shirts. But you'll never catch them make a Yankee shirt. You just won't. I'm also a Ram shirts guy, but hats off to Apollo. Those guys are huge. They 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 really done a good job. The dudes have an office and everything. But yeah. Ram shirts has an office now. So, congrats to the local T-shirt and. Uh, but the but the other guys they have podcasts and they make a they do a lot of stuff. But anyway, yeah. that's it. We do appreciate you guys tuning into this episode of Astros Baseball. Tomorrow we start the series with San Francisco, and that is my survivor pick, Luis Garcia. Bring it home, buddy. Bring me a win for my Houston Astros and yours. So anyway. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.